0: Well, it's just about time to really get into the new year of 2022. And if you're like me, in some ways, I don't think I'm going to miss too much of 2021. How about you? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. This New Year's weekend as we end 2021 and now we enter the new year of 2022. And we have to wonder what can we expect in the upcoming year? What things may change in this year of 2022? A lot of people have a lot of hope for the coming year, we always do. I'm thinking back over my lifetime, you have new year's resolutions, you make all these great announcements, I'm going to lose some weight, I'm going to get a better job, I'm going to do better in school, I'm going to do better in whatever. And those are the promises we, we make to ourselves, and unfortunately for most of us, myself included, over the years, many of those New Year's resolutions are forgotten by the time we get into the month of February. Actually, sometimes by the second week, of of January. We make promises to pray more, go to church on a regular basis, read our Bibles. We make all kind of promises knowing that we need to make things better. Now, for many in the United States, and I'm just going to mention this briefly, a lot of people are putting a lot of hope in 2022 with the elections in November a good 11 months away. We got to get all the way through the first 10 months and then get into the first week of November. And the hope then is we're going to have an election and the Congress and the Senate will change hands and and maybe we'll repair some things in a few states and get rid of some of the draconian, dictator-type governors and leaders. Good luck. I say that sincerely. I mean, I'm going to vote, of course, and I'm going to be careful in those candidates that I choose. But after 50 years of voting, this coming November will mark the 50th year anniversary of the first time I voted in an election. That was the year 1972. And over those years, we've always tried to fix things. Many people believe that a. The Sunday school teacher from Plains, Georgia, former governor of the state of Georgia, Jimmy Carter, he would be the moral guy to fix the world. Instead, we got instability, high energy prices, and runaway inflation. We thought Ronald Reagan could fix everything. He did a good job in many ways, but once again, by the time we got into the 1990s, we got Bill Clinton. And then we had George W. Bush, then we had Barack Obama Then Donald Trump. Now we have Joe Biden. So I look over the years that I have voted, I've seen some of the candidates offered, and I just go back to what the Bible says. Do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. Put your faith and trust in God. And too many people that that say Christian things kind of act like they're Christian at times. Well, they spend more time arguing politics than sharing the gospel. And maybe that's one of the biggest problems that we face. Now, before I go any further, I forgot to do this on Wednesday. Someone reminded me yesterday that I had forgotten to do it. And I'm going to remind you that today... See, Walmart and everybody else wants you to think that Christmas ended, you know, at sundown, Christmas Day. And now we got to get back to things as usual, get rid of the Christmas stuff, get it out of your house, move on. But see, traditionally in the Christian world, there was a 12-day celebration of Christmas. That's where that, you know, you've heard that Christmas song, the 12 days of Christmas. It starts on Christmas Day. It ends on, it finishes up, on January fifth. It's the fifth the of January is the twelfth day of Christmas, the day before the sixth, which is called Epiphany. We'll talk about that next week. So this weekend, Friday, of course, will be the seventh day, then the eighth and ninth on Saturday and Sunday. And so to mark that, let me remind you that this is the let's go with the seventh day.
1: On the seventh day of Christmas, my gave get to me are swimming. Six, geez, 11, Five golden rings. Four calling birds.
0: Now, I recognize that there are a number of people that only get a chance to hear this particular program on radio only on the weekend. For example, this program airs on Saturdays on The Voice of Hope based out of Zambia in, uh, in East Africa. And this signal covers South, uh, South Africa and, and much of the continent on two different frequencies and two different antenna systems. We cover probably 75 to 80% of the continent of Africa uh, each weekend. And my heart over the years has been, I don't hear much because I understand, you know, postage and Internet access is a whole different story in other parts of the world. Uh, real quick, I can remember, I guess it was about three years ago, maybe four. We were doing just the weekend show at that time. It was called Your Weekend Show. And it also aired on The Voice of Hope. And I sometimes wondered, does anybody listen? And I remember some things working in non-commercial radio a number of years ago. How few people ever contact a radio program, and even less that would support one. That's not what I'm here to talk about, but it was fascinating. I got an email about four years ago. It was from a missionary serving in a very rural uh, region of Africa where the utilities that most people in the West are used to, like having regular telephones, electricity, running water, uh, forget internet, they're just not available. And he was visiting a, A church, literally in the middle of nowhere, that had a handmade little building like a hut. And outside, they had these chairs, some benches and chairs. And this particular day was a Saturday. Uh, The people had come to meet, as they often do uh, on Saturday and again on Sunday. And when they gather, sometimes somebody would bring a radio that would pick up shortwave. And he shared with me a picture of what looked like 40 or 50 people sitting around this table with this radio. And he said, just so you know, they're listening to you on the radio. They say it helps them with their English. So the program reaches people all over the world. Heard this week from somebody that's been listening for over a year in Greece. It was news to me. And other people are listening in places like Ireland, Canada, and it's a podcast in, in New Zealand now and in Australia. So the program over the past year and a half since we started in, uh, in 2020, we've come a long way in this time. Now, when we finished up last year, the year of 2020. What a year that was. We thought 2021 had to be better, and I'm not so certain that it was any better than 2020. In some ways, I think it went terribly worse. If the numbers are to be believed, more people died in the United States of the virus this year than in 2020, when we didn't even have anything like a vaccine as they were hoping to have. We had nothing except with a lot of fear. And, and last year, on the last program of the year for the 31st of December, I had as my guest, Dr. Timothy Gales, and he and I have been kind of reminiscing over the year of 2020 and trying to get a handle on where we thought 2021 would go. And we talked about, you know, these new vaccines may open a door for like a passport system uh, forced vaccination, and people thought we were crazy. I think Dr. Timothy Gales had stated that he really believed that this would somehow be used to 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 bring in a worldwide universal digital ID. Once again, a year ago, people even emailed me at that time and said, "You're crazy. This is not going to happen not in the United States. Someone said it'll never happen in Canada. And, well, look at us now. Look at Australia. Look at New York City, for crying out loud. You have to have your vaccine passport to go into a restaurant or a public library. Many, many things you could normally do are forbidden for the, quote, unclean. I mean, the unvaccinated. (laughs) Um, It's a different world. And, And everything that Dr. Gales was saying was so true at that time. Now, we never realized how fast it would happen, how quickly people like Joe Biden that, that promised America there'll never be a mandate. Uh, Dr. Tony Fauci, Anthony Fauci saying, oh no, we can't mandate in America. Everybody said, no, don't worry. Don't listen to those conspiracy theorists on shortwave radio. They They don't know what they're talking about. We'll never do something like that. And look how fast things began to change. And we saw 2021 for what it was, a big lie. 2020 was full of big lies that continued and continued. But I want to take you back one year ago to the last broadcast of 2020. And this is this is how I closed the program on December 31st, of 2020. There truly is evil in this world. There's no doubt about it. That's one of the reasons we do this program Truth to Ponder. We have a an elite media that refuses to fully share the truth. To take news stories, bend them and twist them like they did back in the days of Pravda. Funny, Pravda means truth in Russian, but it was nothing that was really truthful in what they had to say. It was a distorted media. We live in a world of a distorted media trying to influence you and the world around us. You can laugh all you want at the concept of people being elitist, having power and dominion over you. We can look at this current pandemic, the ups, the downs, the good news, the bad news. Seems like every time we get good news, there's some more bad news to keep us scared and in fear. People running around covering their face in fear, putting on a face shield in fear, and they'll look at you, oh, you just don't understand. Then explain to me why people that are wearing face shields and masks and are living in some of the most shut down conditions are where the virus seems to spread the worse. Yeah, I know it's a. It can be deadly for some people. A lot of things can. But somehow, I, I believe that this pandemic. I'm beginning to lean. I lean more toward a planned That when this got out from China, whether by intent and design or by accident. It was manipulated from day one and used against the free world, period. So that is how I closed the December 31st broadcast of 2020 one year ago. And we had said from the very beginning of this radio program at the end of August of 2020, I already was totally convinced that this virus came out of a laboratory, that it was man-made and... At that point, was it released by accident or by design was the only question that I had left then, and I still have today. Though I'm kind of inclined to believe that it was intended to get out, the more that I've looked. In, in 2020, when I worked in emergency management, came out of retirement, I saw a lot of things uh, that were being done, and I read a lot of material, and a lot of the the doom and gloom prophecies were not coming true as they said that they would. We were working off these idiotic models from idiots at the Imperial College. A total idiot, total reprobate, total moron, I'm just going to call him for what he is, wrote a gibberish piece of garbage computer code to predict the deaths for coronavirus. And everybody jumped on that bandwagon, believing the numbers out of the prestigious, imperial college of london problem was the numbers were bogus when computer code people that really know their stuff analyzed the code they said it was garbage you're not going to get anything real out of it it makes up numbers each time you run it that are totally different and so we built our entire response to covid19 on a false premise and the media jumped in, loving to share the bad news. And why is that? As I learned in college, oh, getting close to 50 years ago, it's because bad news sells. Those, those headlines sell. Disaster, catastrophe, war, famine, those are the headlines that get people's attention. And they're so afraid they have to read to find out. If you had a newspaper full of good news, it would probably not sell as well. Maybe it would with some people today because we've been beaten up so long with bad news. We've learned in the past year that all the things a lot of us were saying in 2020, and we're being told we're giving misinformation, it's fake news. We talked about the virus, election fraud, and other issues. And I'm still convinced that the 2020 was not a total above-board election. I think Georgia is proof to me by what they have done to fix their voting system. Now, if the voting system was so good in 2020, then why, why, Brad Rasenberger, your Secretary of State, why, why, Brian Kemp, Governor of Georgia? Why did you see the need to fix it if everything was so stinking perfect to begin with? You're having to change things and repair things tells me you knew it was corrupt. You knew it was exposed to fraud. You knew the election was a fraud, but you can't afford to go down with that ship. And and with your election coming up in 2022, Brad and Brian, you're trying to save your jobs. Because you knew if election fraud continued, you'd be out of a job. So don't give me this nonsense that the elections in Fulton County were fair and there was no fraud or, or no weirdness going on. A lot of weirdness went on in Fulton County. A lot of weirdness went on even in Cobb County, uh, down near Albany, Georgia, a little bit towards Savannah, Augusta, and a couple of other isolated places, enough to find the 11,000 votes to put Biden over the top. Even in middle Georgia, even in middle rural Georgia, people were registering to vote. And when you go try to find the address, it's a barren farm field that nobody has ever lived on, never has had a home on it, a mobile home, or even a tent. But they were registered to vote. And those very close, and I, I completely believe, stolen elections. Well, that's... Georgia and then you can probably go to Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, just to name a couple of others, Wisconsin. You can't convince me that there wasn't an effort. And once again, they used the virus as the excuse to break the law, make changes that in any other time we would never we would never permit. And now the Democrats <laughs> they they want to change the voting laws to make it permanently easy to cheat. You know, they want to bring in millions of people from other nations illegally into this country and and the goal is to make them citizens or find a way to make them eligible to vote. We should be concerned. You know, any nation should be concerned when the sovereignty of your nation is threatened by an outside nation or even people internally trying to destroy your nation doesn't matter where you live. I don't have the right to go to Mexico. I don't have the right to go to Germany. I don't have the right to go to Australia and vote in your election. And people from other nations don't have the right to come and vote in our sovereign elections either. It's pretty simple stuff. So 2020, we saw corruption. We saw the beginnings of of the, shall we say, digital ID being kind of rolled out. Now, many of us have discussed, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? And I'm going to tell you, I have spent a whole year looking at this. And I know some people that are convinced that the vaccine is the mark, and I'm not so convinced. It is beast-like, I'll give you that. But people that would take this mark will know exactly what they're taking and in whom they're giving their worship and allegiance. And I don't think that can be said for many people. Nobody's going to be deceived into taking the mark of the beast that knows Jesus Christ. I'm just going to say that right now. and I know Christians that in good conscience, back in December, January, and February of this of this now going by year of 2021, They thought they were doing the right thing. Do you think they were deceived? I don't think so. But it does show how quickly, when you look at which groups of people will willingly submit to this and believe anything, just to get some sense of normalcy back into their own personal lives. A lot of people did. There's going to be a new term you'll be hearing, in, trust me, in 2022, vaccine regret. It was a story that came out of all places, not a bastion of conservatism, but Columbia University. Columbia University did a little bit of research. You know, the mainstream media, the Facebooks, or I call them fascist book, and the, and the Twitters, which is for the mindless, They will try to tell you that the vaccines are proven safe and effective and thoroughly tested. (laughs) They also were promoting the lie that Pfizer had an FDA-approved vaccine that nobody in America can still get. A check a few days ago with the CDC shows the approved vaccine is still not available in the United States because if it was and something goes wrong, you could sue Pfizer. And do you think Pfizer's going to let you sue them? Not a chance that they can get away with it. They have a pretty lousy reputation. They have been fined many times for some really bad practices in business and being deceitful. So don't look at them as a, just an above-board, honest, and loving company. We had a gal on earlier this year, several months ago, who used to work for Pfizer, who lost her job. She won't take the vaccination and she's seen a lot of the strangeness with the vaccines. And she pointed it out and that's, that's why she's no longer working there. There's going to be a lot coming out. And I think the year of 2022 is going to be more of the same madness, but at the same time, I've, I've been saying this, I've had this very strong feeling. We're going to get a little period of respite coming up. I, I I can't tell you, will it be spring, summer, fall? But we're going to have a little time of relief from all the madness. Now, in 2020, how many of you found yourself unprepared for something like a pandemic? Nobody expected anything like this would ever happen. We're we're looking at the election of 2020 back in uh, February, March, and April down the road. We never thought we'd be shutting down schools, businesses, classifying people as essential, non-essential, unneeded, unnecessary, worthless. We never thought we'd have our children learning at home on a computer. And a lot of parents got an eyeful of the madness being perpetrated by the public school system in way too many of our cities and counties and towns and states here in the United States. Read an interesting story that really stood out. If someone said they were looking at some old textbooks that go back over 100 years, over 100 years, textbooks, and much of the material that was being studied by fifth graders not 10th graders fifth graders is now what they're teaching in college when i graduated high school a million years ago it seems we had a i had a teacher who was also the vice principal. Now, see, back in those days, we didn't have these massive school board buildings full of administrators and, you know, people deciding gender pronouns and all this other nonsense. Had a small staff. I'm trying to remember, in a high school of like eight or 900 students, we had a principal, uh, the part-time vice principal, a guidance counselor, a secretary, and a student nurse. That was it. And a janitor or two. You know, maintenance people. We didn't have office after office of administrators. And this particular teacher's name, his name is Gordon Santoro. And he was a delightful individual, loved his job, loved his students, really and honestly and truly cared about his students. And he would go out of his way, especially when he was teaching math. He was a wonderful math teacher to help people understand concepts. He didn't mind, wait a minute, let's all pause here. Let's get everybody up to speed. He wanted you to excel. And I remember toward the end of the school year, in my senior year, he he made made some comments. I can't remember if it was in a classroom or, or in an assembly. I think it may have been an assembly where everybody gets together in the auditorium. And he said, my fear for the future is this may be one of the last classes that will get a complete and thorough education. He was beginning to see the handwriting on the wall of the dangerous direction that education could, over time, become. Lowering standards, trying to make it easier, trying to, as he would say, you can't not everybody's going to be an A student in math and an A student in every topic, but not everybody has to be. And he was already beginning to sense a change. Now, this is in a rural county in upstate New York. He was seeing the beginnings of the deterioration in the inner city schools in places like New York City, maybe in Syracuse, New York, maybe like in the Cleveland, Ohio and, and other locations. And he was afraid that over time, it could compromise the quality of education. Now, remember, the the love children that went off to San Francisco, remember that song? You know, if you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear a flower in your hair. They're the ones running education and government these days or retiring out of it. They're the ones that went through the colleges that began to change And now colleges have just morphed into total indoctrination centers. Spouting out the most nonsensical things to the mind of man. And if you dare challenge it, you're either, you know, they they call you evil things. I'm not even going to say what they are. You know what they are. They have suppressed free speech. They don't want you to have critical thinking ability. They want you to be a programmed drone to do the bidding of what they've always wanted for hundreds of years. One world government, new world order, and you get there by tearing down the foundations of every sovereign nation. When I get back in just a minute, I got a few things I want to share on that topic. I want to make sure that I drive this point home as we prepare to enter the year of 2022 with our feet running on the ground. And as we go to this break, I wanna take a moment to sincerely thank every one of you that has supported this radio ministry this past year and even in 2020 that that are still with us. The program is growing and I'll share how it's growing and some of the things in the next segment. If you listen on radio, take a moment, like I said, It's like 1 in 50 or 1 in 100 or something that ever even respond to a radio program. I think in some places, not even that many. If you email me, and I promise you, I am not putting you on an email list. You're not going to be, I'm not trying to harvest email addresses. I'm not doing that. But just let me know, as many people have, whether you're in Indiana, whether you're in Ohio, in Michigan, um, in Canada. I've been getting a lot of email out of Canada. Just the station you hear, the frequency, time, and roughly where you live. And you can mail that to Bob at truth2ponder.com. That's Bob at truth2ponder.com. I'm also hearing that a lot of you are listening as a podcast. Now, if you're listening on some of the podcast sites, there may be a commercial on there. I have nothing to do with that. They get that revenue. I get zero, just so you know. But they allow the podcast to be there. If you can help us pay for airtime and maybe even trying to expand how we're doing the podcast, we can mail a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753-5753, Highway 85 North, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248 and we are in crestview that is crestview the state florida and the zip code 32536 that zip code again 32536 this
1: is truth to ponder with bob beerman how to perform an ordination Shalom Aleichem This is the nice Jewish boy Jonathan Khan, Your Jewish Connection And get your pen ready So you receive a special free gift In a moment Now When somebody's about to go into ministry There's often something called An ordination service In which other ministers Lay hands on And pray over And publicly recognize And anoint And commission that person For the ministry For which they were called by God Now in Psalm 90 Moses writes a real famous verse. He says, teach us to number our days. Now, does that mean we should realize the limited number of days we have on earth? Yes, but it means more. See, the word number here is a translation of the Hebrew mana, which also means to appoint and ordain. So it could be translated, teach us to appoint our days. Teach us to ordain our time. You have to learn how to ordain. Ordain your days. You see, just as people are ordained for ministry, you need to ordain your days and appoint your years on earth for God. If you just let your years go by without ordaining them, they'll go by, they'll be wasted and missing the purpose for which they were meant. Learn the secret don't watch your years go by, but instead ordain them before they happen. Set them apart for God's purposes before they are spent. Before the sun rises, ordain the coming day. Before the celebration begins, ordain the coming year. Appointed for God's best and righteousness. For drawing near to God For growth and victory and breakthrough and joy and love See how do you expect your days to minister If you haven't ordained them See the world is just going to greet and number the coming year But the year is waiting instead To receive its ordination papers So schedule the ordination service And separate and consecrate Dedicate, appoint and commission The coming year for God So that it will fulfill the purpose For which it was called That's to be a blessing in your life Want more? Ask for the Shana. Now imagine being plugged into a special line that lets you in on future events, the news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, and what you need to know as an end-time believer, plus teachings and strength for every day of your week, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors all free. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1 and you'll be blessed. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join with me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way—from Moscow to Madagascar to Jerusalem. Just call now: one eight hundred Yeshua one. That's Y E S H U A one. Or write me direct: the nice Jewish boy at Box one 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 in Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey. The zip is 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's Box one 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 one, Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem, Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Roeha HaTov, the Good Shepherd.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. A little while ago, I was thinking about two years ago, this time of the year, as we ended the year 2019. And I was wondering, this is before I started doing this daily radio program, I was wondering then, my wife and I were up in the mountains in Georgia, having some a peaceful, quiet Christmas together and we were gonna come back shortly after the first of the year to our home in Florida. And I was looking at all the wonderful opportunity that was gonna come during the year of 2020. I had some, some wonderful plans, at least I thought. I had been asked to consider a, shall we say, leadership position in our church body, and we were planning on getting together in February, of 2020 now the word pandemic had not even entered our vocabulary yet we had heard about something overseas but nobody nobody was paying too much attention it began to ramp up a little more in january but even in february things were still normal now we never did have our get together we were supposed to meet in saint augustine florida in february but weather turned a little bit strange for some of the folk up in, uh, in the Northeast, they had some bad weather, so flights were being delayed. Then some people coming in from Virginia, well, they had issues with travel as well. And then somebody was ill, and so we decided, hey, we'll just postpone this thing. We had to cancel out at the last minute and plan, hey, we'll do this maybe in April or May. Well, you know the rest of the story of 2020. By that time in February, when we were supposed to have the meeting, I get the phone call asking if I would help out in emergency management. So all these plans I had for, shall we say, church planting, church advancement, ministry, they got put on hold. Many churches found out how unprepared they actually were in dealing with the challenge of something like a virus. And many churches just simply closed their doors for weeks and months. Some are still barely open. Some never reopened at all. And so the church was unprepared. And I think a lot of the reason the church was unprepared is over the, over the recent years, maybe 50, 60, 70 years or more, many of the formerly staunch Bible-believing churches started abandoning the scriptures changing meanings, and rapidly went into a state of spiritual decline they refused to see. I remember about uh, three weeks ago, someone shared an article from some Lutheran pastor in the Chicago area, and she uh, has to put out there what her preferred pronouns are. Uh, she she decides she'll be a she or her but we we all can have our preferred pronouns and this is total this is total nonsense and during this pandemic time the ramping up of the select your pronouns and all the other transgender nonsense has just grown at a pace it's it's mass insanity it's delusional and church is buying into it got a good friend of mine who is in the same church body I'm in now. He used to be a pastor in the United Methodist Church, but had to leave. He couldn't take any more of the nonsense. He put up with as much as he could and finally had to walk away. I know many Methodists are going to have some huge challenges this year and in the years going forward. And I believe within the United Methodist Church, there is going to be, for lack of a better term, a divorce between those that still want to hold on to biblical truth and those that want to go the way and be accepted by the world. I think you'll see it even more like in Presbyterian churches and and others as well. I mean, it, it's happening. There's a, there's a separating of the wheat from the chaff. And I think I think this pandemic has been useful in that endeavor to separate the wheat from the chaff. Now, I want to, Change gears here for, for just a moment, if you don't mind. Several weeks ago, for the first time, and this goes back maybe to end of September, early October, I've been saying on this program over and over again that I have this very strong feeling, this very strong feeling that truth will prevail. Truth will Prevail. And it's hard to say why I feel this, but I just, I think we have this opportunity coming up in 2022. And it's not just because of the election here in the United States. I think a number of things are coming to a head. A lot of people that were so fearful in this pandemic, some are beginning to have second thoughts. Some are beginning for the first time to challenge the narrative. People that used to be just, you have to stay home. You have to wear a face diaper. You have to do this. You have to do that. You're unessential. Uh, don't come in. They're beginning to look at what's going on, and they're starting to, to even themselves scratch their heads and say, what's going on here? What is happening? Well, th- there was this one gal that comes to mind. She is a Washington Post columnist. Her name, her name is Jennifer Rubin. And she spent all this past fall fantasizing about a vaccine mandate for, for Trump voters and, and casting the unvaccinated as villains responsible for rising infections in the lesser vaccinated American South. Back in August, she complained about the high prevalence of the almost meaningless corona infections among school children in Mississippi. And on September 1st, she wrote of the variant spreading in low vaccination states. And that was, you know, fanned by the, you know, the conservative governors who oppose mandates and mask mandates. Well, we're no longer in that late summer. And something, something has happened. Things have changed. Now, for those that listen on the African content, and I know you can hear this program on the Voice of Hope in South Africa, you just went through the new Omicron variant. And I know that your leaders and your people that understand medicine have been telling the world this this new variant is not that deadly. In fact, it's almost not deadly at all. It resembles the common cold, and it blows through quickly. Already in South Africa, your case numbers are rapidly dropping. You never filled up your hospitals. In countries like Denmark, Denmark, they got to the point they were having 50,000 new cases a day, and they had 50 people in the hospital. And only four or five of those people were actually in the intensive care unit. The other 45 were there mostly for other reasons who happened to test positive. That's what, five out of 50,000 people. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? And, And we're seeing something like in states like Florida. Case numbers went up, but the death rate has gone down. And this is being repeated over and over again all over the world as this new very contagious variant is doing what viruses generally do in the wild. They mutate to survive in such a way where they are contagious, but they don't kill the host. This has been known science, Dr. Fauci, you know, you, Mr. Science. This has been known science for a for 100 years or more. And so here we are in the presence of this of this new variant. There are some people that believe that 50% to 60% of the American people in the United States, this is probably true in Europe, probably true in Canada, Australia, everywhere, have been exposed to some variant of the coronavirus and thus have natural immunity. We're hitting herd immunity. The vaccines that promised you that you could take off your face mask and become corona-proof, that's been a fraud. The truth is, if you're fully vaccinated, triple vaccinated, your odds of getting the new variant, assuming you never had COVID before, is four and a half times greater if you are vaccinated than if you're unvaccinated. That's just a fact. So things are beginning to change. And even people like... You know, like Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post are beginning to say we have to recognize that COVID-19 is, is not a deadly or even severe disease for the vast majority of responsible Americans. Can we now stop agonizing over cases and focus on those who are hospitalized or dying at risk because they have other issues? Now let, me, let me go a little farther on this. Here's something you are going to see in 2022. How many of you realize that that this weekend is the end in the United States of using the PCR test as the sole determinator if you have COVID-19? It ends. It's over. It's done. Why? Because They have to recognize the extreme number of false positives. Look, the year 2020 and most of 2021, we haven't had the flu. Why? Because the COVID-19 test, the PCR test, oftentimes confuses the flu with COVID-19 and even the common cold. The inventor of the test himself said it is a terrible benchmark and should never be used as a sole diagnostic. It is just a helpful tool in the tool chest and depending upon the cycle threshold how many times we multiply whatever this viral material is you can get some really strange numbers the inventors said you know 27 is about a is a good number well some are doing 30 35 and even 40 and you get nonsensical numbers and that's where we came up with the term asymptomatic cases well, they didn't even have it probably had the flu recently, or cold, and it's going to show up. It is going to show up. So look for the Biden administration. They're backing down on several fronts, because I think that even their people, as much as they want to keep this virus alive, they want to have this power and control, they want to do their New World Order, people, they're bidding by getting the digital ID. They'll have to come up with some other scheme. Because I think the COVID narrative is about to collapse and it's going to crash and burn. Because what's going to happen is when they no longer have the PCR test, the number of cases are going to drop rapidly too. And you're going to see as this variant works its way through our society, especially places like Florida and in Georgia and places where outside of like Atlanta, where where people are just done with their face covering, they're done with all the social distancing, they're done with with not getting together with family and friends, they're just done and over with it. Those case numbers, those ICU numbers, and even the death numbers are going to dissipate rapidly. And the Biden administration will try to take credit. Of course, they they gave up this past week when they said, we're going to just let the states figure it out. Well, states like Florida have figured it out. When you look at the numbers in Florida, it has been so far ahead of all the blue state counterparts that lockdown, down with all these mandates and higher vaccination rates. The narrative is collapsing. And in time, they're going to have to find something new. But during this period where things open up, we that are believers in Jesus Christ, we that are called into ministry, need to use this time and not waste it. My plans for 2019 going into 2020 had to be put on hold. And then this year, trying to sort through where we were going and watching the new administration make it even more political, all the mandates, we're losing great people in the military because. They're smart enough not to take an experimental vaccine. And they were not fooled by the Pfizer fraud with the FDA on on a vaccine that was approved you can't get. Omicron is chipping away at containment bit by bit. She praises this, this reporter, Jennifer Rubin, praised the CDC softening of quarantine restrictions Introduced of necessity in the face of the Omicron infections. And she wants more reasonable. Even she, it's hard to give up your political persuasion. But even the reality that this has been nonsense, restricting the things you can do, is even catching up to her and so many other people. I believe 2022 could be a year of truth. A year of real truth a reel of true opportunity. I mean, I just have this feeling we we cannot miss this window. And if you're in the United States and you're putting all of your hope in the election in November, what are you going to do for the first 10 months? What are you going to do in your churches? What are you going to do to get back in sync with the word of God and preaching and teaching what he has to say? The church has been notoriously lazy for a long time. It got comfortable in a country like the United States and and Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, Scotland, Germany, France. Of course, France has got its own set of issues there. Their revolution back in the 1700s, late 1700s, was all based about humanism. We need to recognize that I noticed something, and I want you to pay attention carefully here. And I shared this on a phone conversation the other night with a listener to this program, a good friend. I said I've noticed something. Countries that once were bulwarks of the faith, once delivered to the saints, Christian nations, that gave us some of the most beautiful hymns and anthems and great Bible teachers and scholars— the ones that have fallen the farthest away from the faith, the ones that have walked away from the faith, where people don't even go to church, they don't recognize they're agnostic or they're atheist or they're just nothing. Those are the nations that have had the most draconian lockdowns and fear over COVID. Australia is a case in point. The United Kingdom and Germany, these once nations. 200 years ago, where faith was more prevalent, the ones that have fallen the farthest away, Canada, look at you, Canada. I know there's a lot of good conservative Bible-believing people in Canada, but your vast majority are not. Your leadership definitely is not. Trudeau is not a friend of the faith. He's an enemy of the cross, period, period. Look at, look at Germany with their vaccine mandates. People are protesting. There actually have been yellow signs in windows, we don't serve the unvaccinated. Kind of reminds you of 1930s Germany all over again. 90 years later, here we go again. Scrutinizing and discriminating against a class of people needlessly. And here we are. The United States, while, while it's true that 53% of Americans are not involved in any kind of religion. Only 47% are, and only a minority of that 47% are true believers. It is still vastly a larger percentage of people in the United States compared to Australia, Canada, and all the other countries I mentioned, all the ones in the European Union. Still a significantly higher number. And if we are truly the salt and light in the world, the preservative, shining the light of truth on a darkening world full of evil and and Satan and his minions working through the hands of government. If we really understand that Christians, the true ones, have been the preservative that's going to be used to bring the light of truth We need to take this season that we are about to be given and not miss this opportunity. The Bible says the fields are white with harvest. They're white across the entire world. I don't care if you're talking Vietnam, China. I don't care if you're talking South Africa. I don't care if you're talking Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't care if you're talking Toronto, Canada, Brisbane, Australia, it doesn't matter. The field is white. And the Lord of the harvest says, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord sends more laborers into the harvest. Here's my question. We're going to get into this next week and even on next weekend's program. What kind of call has God put on your life to do his work? In In this time of pandemic, it's been really, really hard to do that kind of work as i told you before i'm a leader within my my church my church denomination you can find out more at the website when you hit the tab called your host i am a bible believing conservative christian who puts his faith in jesus christ period i'm not worthy of the grace that he's given me I'm not even worthy of the leadership position he's given me. I'm not worthy of this radio show that he permits me to do each week. But I do it. But I also recognize I am 67 years old. And and I can't do it all forever. I've got a lot of engineering work, which I never expected to be doing at this point in my life. I I said the other day, I'd planned on getting rid of all my tools and test gear, but no, I'm I'm still using it. My real job right now is to share the faith and also to raise up the next generation of leaders. I'm talking with a friend of mine and we've been tossing an idea around. Now, I'm not a great fan of the quote virtual church uh, because I don't, I never want it to be the substitute for the in-person church. But if I can use a virtual platform to conduct a church service for people that are not familiar. Because you have to remember, we have this lost generation that's been going on since the 70s or 60s. I was one of the last that was taken to church. I meet parents today that make stupid statements like, oh, I let my child choose if they want to go to church or not. That's their choice. Yeah, do you make them? You give them that choice about uh, you know going to school. You give them that choice about brushing your teeth or anything else. No, of course you don't. But somehow the most important aspect of our life, our relationship with Jesus Christ, these reprobate parents throw that out the window and go with emotion. They want to be a child's friend, not their parent. Stop being your child's friend. Be a parent. Be a leader. Set an example in your home. So I'm going to work on this other project with a friend and I hope my real goal is to I'm finding people that are wanting to leave their denomination maybe they're a pastor talk to me write me Bob at truth the number two ponder.com we need to talk this time of opportunity is is just about here listen I didn't expect to close the program on that note but I think 2022, 2022 is going to be An unusual year. It's going to have its ups and downs, but it's going to have its opportunity. We better be ready. And I want to see this program grow. I want to see my ministry side grow again like I had planned. If you believe in the work we're doing, would you consider helping us financially to pay for the radio time? If you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, simply mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753-5753, Highway 85 North, 5753. Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248, Crestview, Florida. The zip code is 32536, 32536. You can also support us from the website. And until we meet again, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more... Let's all together pray that 2022 be a much better year. This is Bob Burman saying, God bless until we meet again.